Welcome to Project Give Back Connects, an extension of Project Give Back in the classrooms, dedicated to inspiring young students to become empathetic, understanding, and community-minded leaders. Project Give Back Connects offers a dose of inspiration and thoughts for discussion. Each live episode is taped and shared with classroom teachers and their students. Sit back, get cozy, let's get connected. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to Project Give Back Connects. It's so nice to see you all, and I'm really excited for today's episode. Do you ever wonder what your purpose is? Oh, you know what? <laughs> I had a whole script for tonight. I'm scratching it because I have to tell you the story and it's not on my script. And I'm sorry, Melissa, because she does our blog and now she has to redo it. But I, I, just, I have to tell you the story. Yesterday, I went to a class and it was up in Keswick, Ontario. And because I really try to go to every single Project Give Back class, I think it's really important to get that one-on-one -on -one connection with each and every student. As long as I can, I'm going to do that. So I went to Keswick, Ontario, and this is the first class that's, you know, a little north of Toronto. And I met these wonderful students. And at the beginning of the class, they were so nervous and they were so quiet. And I, I just said, guys, ask anything you want, ask away. And no hands went up. And I started talking about Jakey and the inspiration behind Project Give Back and why finding your passion matters so much because it gives you meaning and it gives you purpose and it makes you want to get up in the morning. And I just started to tell about mine because I expect them to tell theirs. So how can I not tell mine if they have to tell theirs? And at the end, you know, all the hands were going like this. <laughs> they, they were very comfortable at the end. And then I asked them, I said, guys, why do you think I drove this far to see all of you? I mean, you know, it was so important to see you. And they raised their hands and one little boy said, I feel like I made a new friend. Is that okay? I know Jakey's not here, but I feel like he's my friend. And I was like, wow. And then another little student, you know, raised her hand and she said, you make me really want to tell my story now. And I went, wow, that's what this is about. That's what finding your passion is about. So I skipped to the car and I felt like, driving so fast and I didn't, but I called Jeff on the way home and I called my parents and I called Melanie, my partner. And I'm like, oh my gosh, guys, what a class. These children are so amazing. And I just love what I do so much. And there you have it. Like talk about passion and purpose and I guess potential because Somehow it ignited a spark in them and it inspired them. And that's what tonight is all about. And our first guest tonight knows this so well. She, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for you to meet her. She's a host. She's an entrepreneur. She's a thought leader. She's a creator. She consistently reinvents herself over and over again. And she leads with such passion. I mean, I remember her 
kids, you're not going to remember this, but I remembered her way back when she was a host at Much Music. And she's just gone on to do so many amazing things. She's an author. She's a journalist. She's an award-winning songwriter. I don't know if you can sing it, but we'll find out. She's a speaker. She's even a playwright. So she's also the co-founder of something really special that she's going to talk about tonight. And it's targeting teens and helping them find their passion and their purpose to hopefully find their potential. Um, here she is. I'm so excited she's here with us. Welcome, Erica M. You, Ellen, really embody everything that I hold so dear, which is you live your life um, in a way that is you touch people, but you do it because it lights you up from the inside. And I feel like everything that I've done in my life, I've done it not to please other people, not because other people want me to do it, but because it's something that compels me to. That's why I work so hard. It's why I do all those different things. It's because it makes me feel good. It makes me feel fulfilled and happy and, and, um, and worth it. It makes me feel alive. And, um, I had very unusual parents. <laughs> um, they didn't always do the same things as everyone else's parents. Um, when I was about five years old, my parents did something kind of crazy. Apparently they had gone to summer camp when they were kids and they missed it. They missed the magic that they experienced at summer camp. So uh, they bought a children's summer camp. <laughs> I mean, like they literally went and bought a summer camp in the middle of nowhere. My, I think we were like kids, right? My sister and I, we were like four or five years old. And you know that movie, my, my parents bought a zoo or hey, we bought a zoo. It was the same thing for us. We bought a summer camp. And um, my sister and I basically grew up uh, mostly in the summer, but throughout the whole year, we went to the summer camp and we helped our parents run a summer camp. So we already had kind of unusual beginnings. And then my parents did a second kind of crazy thing. When we weren't at camp, we lived in Montreal in a pretty normal neighborhood. And then one day my dad comes home and he announces, I bought a small horse farm in a small town outside Montreal. And guess what? We're all moving to the country. I was like, what, dad? I was 11 or 12. I was just about to go into high school and my life blew up. But you see what happened was my dad had started taking horseback riding lessons when he was around 35 years old. And he loved it so much that he actually moved the whole family to a farm. Why am I telling you this? I grew up with parents who believed that anything was possible, that you should listen to your heart and do what you love and don't let anything stop you from doing it. So I have another story for you. One day uh, I was in Montreal, we hadn't moved yet to the, to the country and I came home from school. I was so hungry and I said, mom, can you order pizza for supper? And my mom said, sure, but you're gonna order it. And I was like, no, mom, you're actually the mom. I'm the kid, I'm eight. So you order supper and I'll go upstairs and do my homework. And my mom said, actually, no, tonight you're ordering pizza. I marched upstairs in a huff 
And I waited for my mom to order the pizza, which she didn't do. So I went downstairs, I yelled at her again. And she said, if you're not going to order the pizza, we're not having supper. And so fine, I ordered the pizza. Hi, I'd like to order pizza, please. What would you like on it? Um, extra cheese? Fine, 30 minutes or it's free. And guess what? Like 30 minutes later, I was munching that, that pizza, wolfing it down. I was starving. And my mom said, so what did we learn? And I was like, pizza's really good when you're hungry. And she said, no, actually, it's you need to know how to ask for what you want in life. You need to ask for what you want. And that way you will live the life that you want. Uh, but here's the problem. Most people aren't brought up that way. Um, we're taught to go to school, to follow the rules, to stand in line, to work hard, get a job. There's not a lot of talk about doing what you love. You know what I mean? So the thing is, when you do what you love, just like Ellen was saying, when you do what you're interested in, you feel excited and you feel happy, right? And then you want to do it more. You find people who are like you, uh, people who are into the same kind of stuff. So you find friends and then you become part of community. And that is why it's so important to tap into your passion and to do things that light you up. And then when you find your passion, it helps you discover your purpose. Because if you know what you love to do, then it's easier for you to decide what you want to learn more about or work really hard at. And I know a couple of the guests who are going to be joining us today, they both have found that passion and that purpose. And I can tell you that they practice. I mean, they're going to tell you, but they don't even have to say it. I, they, they actually haven't even told me, but I will guarantee you that there's calluses on someone's fingers. And I know that someone else works out like a, a, like a fierce animal to get where he is. Um, and when you know what you want to learn more about, it helps you choose a university or a college. And when you understand what your purpose is, then you know what kind of a job you might want to do. And then when that happens, when that fire gets lit inside, that's when you're happy. And my parents were happy, are happy. Um, they were, their passion was summer camp. So they decided to make that their job as kooky as it is, they did it. I personally want more people to be fulfilled, to do what they love. So I did start this not-for-profit. It's called the Inside Out Initiative. And really our job is to help young people understand what lights them up and then help them understand how to turn that passion into purpose and then to turn that purpose into potential, we help them build something that's called a me map that basically maps it all out so they have it written down so they understand what's bubbling up inside them and then help them understand how to take those bubbling up ideas and to make it come alive in the real world. Basically, we wanna me power the youth of today. So not empower, you know, always say like, we got to empower the youth of today, but that is, that's from the outside. That's us sort of putting ideas onto kids and sort of uh, pushing them into doing the things that, that they may want to do, or maybe not even want to do, maybe stuff that you want them to do. What we do is we, we me power them because too many kids right now, 
there's all this research. Kids are afraid of their future. And then at the same time, there are there's research that shows that so many adults don't like the jobs that they're doing today. And they're only doing them because they were told that they were supposed to do them and go into a certain program at school or do their the job that their parents had. And they're not happy. They're not doing what lights them up inside. And a lot of what schools are teaching today won't be useful when the students graduate because the world has changed more in the last 30 years than in the last 300 years put together. But the problem is that our education system and what we're teaching students hasn't kept up with it. So wouldn't it be awesome to do more of what Ellen's already doing with the young kids is to help teens find what they love to do and then encourage them to think differently, um, to be creative, to get what they want, to solve problems, to figure out how to get there, to be critical thinkers, which is a huge problem in the world right now. And ultimately to make kids feel empowered to make choices that matter to them, not what the adults want them to do and say, but what they wanna do and say. And I can guarantee you that when you feel that anything is possible and that your voice matters, then things like mental illness and depression and anxiety start to fade away. And that's a huge issue these days. So the Inside Out Initiative is gonna work with kids to help them start living from the inside out. And we wanna help um, educators. We wanna work with educators to put our program into schools. We call our program the Academy. You get it? Academy? Because learning and being happy with yourself starts from me, from the inside. And I also can't wait for the day where schools stop focusing on things like marks and instead make the shift to focusing on impact. Because marks are often connected with memorization or getting the right answer. But in the world and in business and in life, there are not right answers. There's answers to solve a problem. Marks are also connected to stress and anxiety, unnecessary. You do a test, you're so anxious, you worry about the marks because the marks will help you get into school. But what really matters is impact. And impact is what we do with the knowledge and ideas that we've absorbed because we've gone to school and learned. And we've learned through our passion and our purpose. And we're also gonna work with parents. This is a really important piece because believe it or not, parents have a profound effect on our kids' future and on their kids' future. So we wanna work with parents to help them shift their thinking about what success looks like for kids. And also to, as much as we are trying to help our kids and push them into the right university, et cetera, not enough of us really listen to our kids. And even if they have these crazy ideas, if those crazy ideas stick, like for example, mom, I wanna be a baseball player when I grow up. What parent goes, that's great. You'll probably make it son. Most parents will push their kid to not do that. Some parents like Jen said, you know what? You could do it. You can do anything. 
but she listened to her son because it's her son who has to get up every day and do the hard work to make it in the world of baseball. Um, we have big plans. The Inside Out Initiative is really quite new and we're just getting started. So I would really, I'm here to tell you about it, to tell you that we would love to have more people um, participate and help us out, um, to help us get into schools, to help us reach more parents. You can visit ioi.live or you can email us at hello at ioi.live. And um, I know that this is gonna be a really powerful organization soon. And you heard it here first because it's really brand new. And Ellen, thank you so much for giving me this time to, to share my thoughts and to give me the platform to talk to so many people. Wow. Thank you. Amazing, Erica. <laughs> thank you very much. So she segued to a perfect introduction because Erica mentioned about those children, and we see it all the time. I'm going to be a baseball player. I'm going to be an NHL player. I'm going to be a tennis player. And we see it all the time. And it's like, wow, that's amazing. But our next guest actually did it. He actually did it. Liam Hicks, the amazing Liam Hicks. We met in grade four when he did Project Give Back. Uh, he's grown up a little bit. And he followed his dream, and he is now on the Texas Rangers as a baseball player. He was drafted. Liam, welcome to Project Give Back Connects. It's so nice to have you. Thank you for having me. I have a few questions for you, Liam, because um, we just we're so proud of you that you made it. You made it. You worked so hard. And Jen, his mom, is here, and Jen was so supportive and that's just amazing, Jen. But when did you realize that you just wanted to go for it? And tell us about the steps that you had to take to get there. So I grew up uh, always playing hockey and baseball. So I'd play hockey in the winter and uh, baseball in the summer. And it was probably at the start of high school. So like grade nine, I started to realize that, uh, I wanted to keep sp spend more time playing baseball. Once the summer ended, I would be looking forward to playing indoors. And uh, I kind of was kind of getting tired of hockey. I, I would look forward more to practicing inside doing baseball stuff than actually going to the rink and playing hockey. So at that point, I kind of realized that uh, a lot of the travel teams for baseball were starting to become year round. And I realized that if I really wanted to do this, I'd have to do it year round. I would have to give up hockey. So I think it was in probably grade 10 was when I finally decided I'm going to kind of go all out with baseball. I knew almost all my friends were hockey players, but then I'd always been playing baseball. So I kind of found it more unique to kind of do what other people, not do what everyone else was doing. I kind of wanted to do my own thing. So at that, so it was probably around grade 10, I started kind of going year-round baseball training uh, at least probably three, four times a week, going to hit, going to get extra work in. And that's kind of what I when I realized uh, I wanted to take it seriously. And what are some of the sacrifices that you 
felt like you're in grade 10 and you're taking baseball very seriously. I'm sure there's so much you had to give up to do this. Like how many times did you throw it and catch that ball, right? And work out and get stronger. What kind of sacrifices did you make? Like what were some of the things that you feel um, you lost out on and how did you get over that? So one of the biggest sacrifices I'd say would be the summer. We grew up, we have a cottage, so we would go there all summer when I was younger, play hockey in the winter, and then go to the cottage for the whole summer. So as I started to play more and more, I realized like I wouldn't be able to go to the cottage as much. So in high school, towards the end, I was barely getting to go. I'd go maybe for a couple of days, but uh, that was kind of the biggest sacrifice because we'd play every weekend. We'd always be uh, on tournaments during the summer. We'd go probably to three tournaments a year in the States throughout the summer for weeks on end. And then another sacrifice would be weekends. I mean, in high school, you're not really going to do much during the week as far as hanging out with friends. Cause you have so much homework and stuff like that. And then, uh, at this point on the weekends, we'd either have practices super early Saturday, Saturday and Sunday, or once the season came around, we'd have games and there's not a ton of baseball teams around. So you'd have games and they'd be pretty far away. It wasn't like it was a 10 minute drive and you'd be home by nine and get to go hang out with your friends after it was like they were an hour, a few hours away. And it'd be kind of an all day thing because they'd want to play as much as possible because obviously the season's not going to be super long. So I'd say there were a ton of times where I'd have to give up hanging out with friends, seeing family during the summer, just to be able to kind of follow the dream and play as much baseball as possible. So I have a question for you. Um, okay. First day, you're a professional player. You've already been drafted. You're walking out on that field for the first time. The lights are up. Here is Liam Hicks. How did that feel? Like, explain that. That must have been unbelievable yeah I mean it's obviously it's still not really soaking in because this is what I've been dreaming of like my whole life so it's still it's still kind of hard to believe that it's actually real but uh it's an amazing feeling looking back at like all the times I mean I'm I won't I'll say like I I didn't think it was possible like even when I was younger I uh I always dreamed of it like I'd I'd want to do that but I didn't think it was really a realistic dream and then each year I'd kind of do a little bit better and do a little bit better and just keep going so it's really it's really cool to look back now and see that all the sacrifices and everything that I did miss out on was worth it because obviously I wouldn't change it for anything I mean there's no way I'd want to go back and go to some high school party or do something like that when I realize now like it's this is what I dreamed of. That's so amazing, Liam. One more question. What advice would you give to those young people who have that same dream you have? Like, what, what would you say to them? Well, the one thing that I always thought about uh, was to do everything I could that would be possible. And so that when I do stop playing, I would have no regrets. I always thought uh, I wanted to play as long as I could because I know one day when I'm older, can't play, maybe I have an office job or something like that, that I'd regret it and be like, why didn't I just give it a little, why didn't I go work out that one time? Why didn't I hit a little bit more? 
why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? But I wanted to make sure that when I finished playing, I knew it was because I wasn't good enough and not because I didn't put in enough effort. And I don't think I was ever gifted with like the talent for uh, the talent. I think a lot of it was hard work. So for younger kids that are kind of setting a goal, maybe sports, other anything else, really. I think the main thing for me that helped me a lot was to remember that you don't want to have any regrets when you're older. You don't, there's going to be a time where you can't do what you want to do now and what you're doing now. So don't take it for granted, kind of do as much as you can. Oh, that's, that's such good advice. Wow. Amazing. No regrets. Love that. Yeah. Thank you, Liam. Thank you for being here and and sharing your wisdom with us and and congratulations. We're so excited to root for you once the new season starts. Yay. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really, really excited too. Thank you. So our next guest, I met her. She's 18 years old, but I met her first when we got a call and she said, hi, Ellen, my name's Sage. Um, can I sing at your Sunday jam? I run a Sunday jam every Sunday for um, this beautiful community. Like, absolutely, you can sing. And I could just kind of tell from her voice that I think she's going to be a really good singer. And then she showed up on the jam and she blew us away with her confidence, with her voice, with her pitch. And then I went and kind of Googled her a little bit to check her out. And I guess our jam, we weren't her only fans (laughs) because she is a TikTok and YouTube star and she has over 2 million people liking her and she has over 575,000 people following her. Isn't that amazing? And she's here to sing one of her originals for us. Sage, welcome to Project Give Back Connects. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Um, And thank you, Ellen, for that amazing introduction. It's truly an honor to be here with everybody today. Um, Just a little bit about me. For the past couple of months, I've been studying media and techniculture at Western University in London, Ontario. And my time here has been nothing but amazing. Um, And I've also been singing since before I could speak, as cheesy as it sounds, and continue my passion uh, through my teenage years. And as I said earlier, I'm studying media, which doesn't have much to do with music and the songwriting industry. And with that being said, it's been quite difficult for me to balance my education and my singing career as I enter this new chapter of my life. But with motivation from my friends and my supporters, I realized that although I feel like I'm struggling in this moment, I know that I will eventually get through it and create the content that I love to create. Um, And during COVID, I was actually fortunate enough to connect with producers and creators from LA who guided me and helped me reach my goals. I would have never thought I could reach all from my bedroom. Uh, The countless Zoom sessions allowed me to learn and write with amazing individuals in the industry. And I created a certain song that is something I usually don't write about but knew was something I wanted to share with the world. I wanted to create a motivational song that people could listen to to put them in whatever mindset they need to be in. There's always that uncertainty of crossing that finish line, whatever that may be for you, which is why that song this song emphasizes the fact that you may reach your goal, but there can also be some barriers in your way and that's okay too. Um so here is finish line. I hope you guys enjoy. <laughs> 
I'm scared Just stuck here running circles around the thought that I'll never know when It's not fair Thinking about the future weighs me down a lot Never gonna end All those times I can't remember Past mistakes they made me stronger I won't quit Just waiting for the day I could say that I did Look how far I've made it from the beginning As long as I'm okay, I know that I'm winning Gonna cross the finish line And I know my dreams could always change as I get older What more can I say? Cause when you're 17 Everything just feels so pressured I'll take it day by day All those times I can't remember Past mistakes, they made me stronger Oh, oh I won't quit just waiting for the day I could say that I did Look how far I've made it from the beginning As long as I'm okay, I know that I'm winning Gonna cross the finish line I know, I know, I know Gonna cross the finish line If I'm ever feeling down I remember that I once hoped to be where I am now And if I'm ever feeling down I remember that I once hoped to be where I am now And I won't quit Just waiting for the day I could say that I did Look how far I've made it from the beginning As long as I'm okay, I know that I'm winning Will I cross the finish line? Thank you so much, guys. <laughs> and you can listen to that on all streaming platforms. Just search up Finish Line by Sage. <laughs> oh, Sage, that was beautiful. I'm going to be downloading that right after. Bing. That wow. Thank you. Thank you, you beautiful soul. You. We are going to be following you. And I can see the chat. Amazing, amazing. As you are. You see, everybody, there's passion, there's purpose, there's potential with both these two amazing, young, inspiring people. So we have one of our old guests. Well, she's not old, but she was on our our series last year. So we're bringing her back for a moment because she just released a new book. Uh, Sharon 
niece, Arbus. She was here before and she spoke about her book about resiliency and program Brave the Waves and her book, Me and My So-Called Friends. And she just came out with another book directed at teens and it's called The Get Up Book. How awesome is that? How to get up. Erica, Sharon, I think you have to meet each other. So She's here to tell us all about this book that was written together with David Newton and produced by Lisa Borden. Welcome back, Sharon. Thank you. I'm so excited to be back on Project Give Back Connect. This is such a treat. So yes, my book, The Get Up Book, was published um, in September, two months ago. I can't believe it. It's such a great feeling to hold it in my hands and to give it to people and to get their feedback and how it's like how they feel about it. It's just, just wonderful. So what is Get Up and what is it about? So it feels like a warm hug and it helps you get up and thrive. It's for anyone aged 11 and up. And it's divided into four different parts. The first part is written by me. And they're short, Instagrammable, funny stories, maybe not so funny, that are non-preachy and totally relatable. Then David Newton wrote some exercises to follow the stories. Some are meditative, some are more vigorous, vigorous. But in the end, those exercises help you take care of your physical self and your mental health. And then we have our mentors. And Ellen, you're one of them. And we're very grateful for that. We've asked over 60 people with bucket loads of life experience to answer the question, what would you say to your teenage self? That is a loaded question. And what they've shared is nothing but remarkable. Finally, there's a place for you to write your thoughts because after all of that, there's, I'm sure, lots of things going on in the reader's head. So I hope that you guys read it. It's an easy, fun, meaningful read that keeps giving back each time you pick it up because, you know, as you grow older, the messages change and how you read the stories or the, the perspective changes. It's amazing. So I'm really, really proud of this project. Thank you so much, Sharon. Thank you. And it is time for, boy, we missed you last week, Lindsay. It's time for Kindness Corner with Lindsay. Lindsay, what do you have for us this week? Hi. One to Give is working with some amazing teachers right now. And what these teachers are doing is they make rooms in their schools that are shopping rooms for families who are in need of some winter clothing. And it's set up in a way like a little store where parents can go before school or after school in a quiet, private way with dignity to go through and get, you know, any extras they need, whether it's boots or whether it's warm gloves, snow pants. These are often families who are new to Canada and who are missing these essentials. Sometimes if a kid does come to school and they look cold or they don't have what they need, a teacher will also take them privately to this room. Mm -hmm. If you have any gently used winter gear, get in touch on Instagram. We'd love to pick it up or you can drop it off. 
Sometimes in the media, you don't hear about the teachers who spend their lunch hours dressing kids and driving extra boots to houses at nighttime and setting up these coat room stores. But it is so needed and every little bit helps. And as always, kindness is contagious. Oh, what a great initiative. That's so important. Wow. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you. Everyone. That wraps up today's show. Thank you so much for coming out to our special guests, to all of you. Wow, what amazing messages, everyone. So as always, let's be kind to one another. Let's learn from one another. Let's embrace one another. And we'll see you soon. Thanks, everyone. Open your heart today.